0: Good morning. Morning. Whoever you are, wherever you find yourself on the journey of faith, please know you are so welcome in this sacred space. Today, we welcome the pastors, the ELCA pastors who are joining us for the Executive Skills for Pastors class, which is a Phenomenal ministry that the university puts on and the Office of Congregational Relations and Mission and Identity put on. They are learning all sorts of stuff that will assist them in their ministry for years to come. In the realm of people who really make this university turn round, uh, one of the cogs in a well-oiled machine, if you will, Uh, is someone that, on any given day, you can find chopping up cucumbers to put in water, or DJing meditation music, or lecturing uh, in sociology classes about the perils and the inherent evils of reparative therapy for LGBT people. His name is Gregory Davin, uh, and his father passed away recently, and so we are praying Uh, for healing uh, in this time of grief, for him. Uh, As you entered in today, you might have seen little flyers next to the bulletins. ELS, I believe it stands for English Learning Systems. Everywhere else it's ESL, it seems. Uh, English as a second language. Uh, They are in desperate need of host families uh, for international students. Uh, And that's, that's a commitment that can last anywhere from two weeks to a year. And you get to choose. And this flyer says that you will learn about other countries, cultures, and languages. You will make lifelong friends from around the world. And you will receive financial compensation. So if this is something that speaks to your heart, we ask that you will consider doing just that. With that, we stand to worship our maker.
1: Good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. This is a much bigger crowd than I anticipated in my head. Um, What's that? You know, you do a little bit. It's, It's these... It's the pastors that are in the room that are scary. Um, I, Because I, yeah, you, you do this all the time. I don't do this very often. Uh, it's it's really great to be with you, and I love seeing my my laughing children's faces, including Will's blue tongue, uh, sticking out at me as, as I'm up here. Um, and thank you for, for being here. So shepherds um, often carry staff. Sometimes we think of the... the one with a crook on it. This is uh, not a gift, but a loaned walking stick that Paul Whitman, happy birthday, Professor Paul Whitman, um, let me borrow today. Um, Moses was out as a shepherd, uh, raised as a king, but sent away, raised as a shepherd with his father-in-law and his his wife, was out uh, tending the flocks when he came across a burning bush. Um, Through my studies at Cal Lutheran, found that there's actually an interesting detail in the Quran about this incident that's not in um, the Bible. And in the Quran, it says, as as Moses was talking to this burning bush, God asks, and what is in your right hand, Moses? And he said, this is my stick, whereon I lean, and wherewith I beat down branches for my sheep, and wherein I find other uses. I like the little addition of other uses. um, a lot of us have jobs that include other duties as assigned, um, and those actually take up most of our time usually. Uh, thinking about Moses as a, as a shepherd, going and defending his flock from threats from other people, making the way uh, steady for them, well then what God does with that staff is pretty amazing. He turns it into an instrument of miraculous wonder. Uh, when Moses confronts Pharaoh's magicians, turns into a snake bests them in a feat of who's more magical and who's more divine. Um, At one point, he uses it to separate the waters so that the people can travel on dry ground. And he also beat the ground to unleash a spring of fresh water when the people needed water. So I think Psalm 23 is telling us that there there are staffs and sometimes tools and gifts that we ourselves already possess that God then uses to help us. Uh, So in some ways, we're kind of helping ourselves, because we already have the raw materials, the things, the stuff of of miracles, and sometimes just need a little bit of intervention to make that work for us. There's another incident um, of Moses' life that's really interesting. And Moses is a conflicted guy, so I always have some trouble, because this next one is actually, the context of it is one of violence, of the people coming into the land and warfare and strife and some killing. But there's a a point where the, the battle is raging, and God has said, as long as Moses, you have your hands up, the people will win. If your hands fall down, the people lose. And the battle wages on like this. And in Exodus 17, it says, And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Malak prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. So they took a stone, put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So to me that says, yes, we have physical instruments, we have our talents, we have things that maybe God can help us with, but we have friends. We have the people in our lives who become angels, who become divine because they're there to support us and help us. Um, I, I was reading in, um, it's called the Survival survival guide through mindfulness or something like that through the the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh and he says we can love people from a place of understanding and compassion not just out of need when we love someone we have to see that we are one with that person their suffering is our suffering our suffering is theirs we can't exclude the other person from our own happiness and suffering the safety and integrity of the other person is our own safety and integrity The body and mind of our loved one is a sacred space that needs to be respected. Only then can there be true love. And he goes on to say that we can actually practice this. Sometimes you think people are just born with empathy. They're born caring about other people. That sometimes there's some children who, when they hear a a cry of another child, just instinctively help, and maybe other kids ignore it and run off or steal their toy while they're not looking. Uh, But this is something we can learn. He says, we can practice to increase our loving kindness, our Passion, joy, and inclusiveness. These are the four elements of true love that can help our own happiness and the happiness of others to grow. So we have Moses' staff. We also have the the strength of others. And how many times in our lives have we had to depend on those? I know in mine, I think that I've probably depended more on the strengths of others and received comfort, the kind of comfort in Psalm 23 uh, through family, through loved ones, through strangers that uh, they become God's hands and God's work. The other uh, thing I I thought about as I was preparing this was through my former faith tradition or the faith tradition that I grew up in, uh, the Book of Mormon starts with kind of a reverse exodus. People are driven out of the promised land, out of Jerusalem and go into the wilderness. And in the first several chapters of of that book, uh, the, the leader, the father has a vision of a tree of life kind of reminiscent of the tree in the Garden of Eden. This tree has the fruit that actually restores life, restores, that reconciles lost people back to Jesus. And in that vision, there's a rod of iron that leads along the path to the tree of life. Um, as, I've, as I've learned more, it's, it actually comes from, um, a lot of different traditions have some really similar, similar imagery. But that, that image is beautiful to me, and in that, that scripture, it talks about how the rod of iron is symbolized, is, is kind of a, a symbol of God's love, of God's word. So what is the word of God, what is the word, and what is that rod that guides us? From uh, one of the Sikh tradition's most sacred texts, uh, I love this, this verse, it says, the mind is like an elephant drunk with wine. The guru is the rod which controls it and shows it the way. So in many traditions, people have gurus or words you know, in the, in the Lutheran tradition, the Christian tradition, the word of God or the rod becomes the Bible. Or for some of us that really like music a lot, sometimes this is even more true and more scriptural than this is in some cases. So I want you to think for a moment. I'll give you maybe about 10, 30 seconds to think about what is the rod? What is the word to you? What sustains you? Is it music? Is it poetry? Is it not even connected to what we might think of as traditional spirituality or religion. What is it that actually sustains you in those times, and, and, and what gives you comfort? So I want you to think about that for a minute. Does anybody have anything they want to they feel compelled to share? It's Summer Chapel. We can ask for audience participation. Anyone? What's that? Being in the mountains, you probably want to take one of these with you. Paul has several, apparently. <laughs> uh, being in the mountains, that can be your word, that can be your guide, that can be your staff. Others, large bodies of water, okay, like big lakes, oceans. Okay, love it. That can be your staff. That's what you hold on to and what you what you lean on. So th- thinking about thinking about that, I, I came across a poem. You know, for me in, in my life, you know, I've i found that some of the things that I used to depend on as my rod and my strength, I've had to find new things to lean on. And so, beautiful poetry has been something, and music has been something that I found. So this is by uh, what somebody who's been called Instagram's most important poet. Um, her name is uh, Naira Wahid, and she has a beautiful poem that uh, was shared to me, and then I turned around and shared with another friend that was in, that was in need. But it's, it really is true, and to me this is the word. So if somebody asks me what the word of God is, what the rod of iron is, to me this is the word. There's two voices, there's the universe, and there's me, or the person. As you are, says the universe. But after your answer. As you are, says the universe. Before you answer. As you are, says the universe. When? You answer. No, as you are, says the universe. How? You answer. As you are, says the universe. Why? You answer. Because you are happening right now. Right now, at this moment. And your happening is beautiful. The thing that keeps me alive and brings me to my knees, you don't even know how breathtaking you are. As you are, says the universe through tears may we hold to that friendship to the words or the beliefs or the songs or maybe even some occasional divine intervention to sustain and strengthen and comfort and more than anything i hope that we can hold on to that words of comfort and of unconditional love that we are welcome and accepted and wholly perfect as we are amen
0: As we continue in our summer chapel series, Psalm 23, each week we explore a different translation of the psalm. The Lord is my compass and my courier. I shall never be lost or abandoned. He steers me on the path of righteousness, which leads to his heavenly kingdom. He guides me along pleasant paths among green fields with flowers by the wayside. He guides me along the riverbank and beside the quiet lakes. Even when the path is steep and rocky, he is beside me. I feel his guiding hand holding me fast, so that my feet shall not slip, but be held steady and firm. When I grow tired, he leads me to a pleasant place where I may find rest and refreshment. He furnishes my path with fruit trees and springs of clear water. When the road is unfamiliar or I come to a crossroads not knowing which way to go, my compass and my courier will be there to show me the right path and bring me safely through all the dangers and difficulties until I reach my heavenly home where I shall abide with him forever.